0: In all cases, your success depends on you. If you're doing the work yourself, you'll need to know when you're in over your head and when your desire to finish exceeds your capacity to do the work. Chapter 8, Pros Build a team. Chapter 8, Goals. Understand the professionals you'll need to succeed. Choose reliable people by asking the right questions. Protection, your insurance agent. Regardless of what type of investment you decide to purchase, you'll want some insurance. Make sure your insurance agent understands the use and potential use of the property and that he or she is recommending coverage that would protect both you and your tenants in case of a problem. My friend Nancy had a fire in her multifamily. The insurance paid to rehouse the tenants, but was not sufficient to improve the damaged areas to comply with the current building code. Would you have known to ask that question of your insurance agent? I wouldn't. And that's why finding a reliable agent is so important. Finding the right insurance agent. Like with so many things in life, you don't know what you don't know. Pete Hines said it best in his group, Omniscience. Knowing what thou knowest not is in a sense omniscience. This was certainly the case with insurance. When I sat down with Paul Rizzo of Rizzo Insurance, I thought all insurance agencies were created equal and that the only categories were life, home, health, and auto. Luckily, Paul is very experienced and patient. He took the time to educate me enough to realize that there is a staggering amount that I don't know about insurance. It was luck that led me to hire Paul as my agent. But if you don't want to rely on luck, he says to look for these factors in selecting an agent. Years in business. The more experience, the more chance they'll find any potential problems early. Website reviews. Read the worst reviews to see what can go wrong. Better Business Bureau. See if any complaints have been filed. Company financials of insurance carriers and insurance broker. An A-plus rating means the company has an excellent credit rating. A lower rating could mean the company doesn't have the money needed to pay your claim. Ask how they vet the insurance carriers they represent. If they give you a blank stare, keep shopping. Ask how the agent is filling the knowledge gaps about the property to be sure he's recommending the appropriate coverage and limits. Paul always requests to see the home inspection report, for example. He also searches property history for things like past fires or other types of damage claims that could impact the safety of the property. What proactive processes are in place to ensure that you have the appropriate coverage going forward? Are there annual reviews of policy, et cetera? Search for complaints against the insurance broker with your state's division of insurance. Take your time and ask lots of questions. Paul says a good insurance agent is an educator first. Finally, Paul recommends that you trust your gut. If you're not satisfied with the answers you're getting or if the agents seem uptight or evasive, just keep shopping. Remember, this is a partnership and you don't want to settle for mediocrity. Not that we don't love the IRS, your accountant. As we've discussed, a great advantage that real estate has over many other investments shows up at tax time. Pretty much everything that you do to make your property more valuable is tax deductible. Also, all of the tools that you buy to maintain the property, truck that you use to plow the snow, the lawnmower, the new granite countertops, and the mileage that you incur going to visit your investment are deductible. If you hire helpers, their salaries are also tax deductible. This is where a good accountant can really be worth her weight in gold. The first time I met with my accountant, he suggested that I refile my previous year's taxes with a few adjustments that saved me more than his preparation fee for the current year. If you don't already have a good accountant, make that a priority for the year. Finding the right accountant. How can you find an accountant, and how can you be sure that the person you found is any good As with the rest of your protein, ask for referrals. When interviewing, look for an accountant who's up to date on the current code and is suggesting legal ways to avoid paying taxes. It seems that good accountants are excited about saving you money and not focusing on the possibility of an audit. Be sensitive to the calendar as you plan your interviews. Don't ask to meet with them in April, for example. It's probably best to avoid a CPA who also wears other hats. I know an attorney who is also a CPA. He's obviously a smart guy, but people who use him for taxes rarely get them submitted on time. And I question how well he can be keeping up with the miles of the new tax code that come out every year. It's logical to think that his clients could be missing possible deductions and taking deductions that are no longer allowed. Show me your money, the mortgage person. Regardless of what route you choose to fund your project, it makes sense to have a mortgage person on your team. An experienced mortgage broker or loan officer will offer a wealth of services from helping you to improve your credit score to informing you about loans and programs custom-tailored to your situation. As with your insurance agent, your loan officer should be an educator first. In preparation for a loan, work toward getting your credit score as high as possible. There are three buckets that lenders scrutinize when deciding whether to loan you money. First is credit score. The absolute minimum is 620. $740 $740 or more is great and gives you the best rates and most options. Pay everything on time. Having an overdue bill for a dollar has the same impact as a $10,000 overdue bill. Keep an eye on your score and resolve any issues or inaccuracies immediately. Two is your down payment. 25% is required in most areas for a multifamily if you won't live there, and 20% for a single family if you won't live there. It can be as low as 3.5% down payment for owner-occupants. And the bank will be looking for you to have at least three months of payments in reserve after you pay the down payment. Debt-to-income ratio. Minimum payments on all monthly bills divided by your monthly income. The target is 43%, the max is 50%. And 75% of the rental income from the property counts toward your income. Work with professionals whose communication style suits yours. Get a good team of trusted advisors to help educate you on your journey and understand the numbers. And go to eyimbook.com for a list of do's and don'ts when preparing for your loan of pre-approval. Attorney. Depending upon where you are in the world, you may be required to have a closing attorney. If you're getting a bank loan to purchase real estate, in some states only an attorney can receive funds from the bank. The bank's attorney is called the settlement agent, and he or she must be, pre, must be approved by the bank before processing your file. If this is the case in your state, find out as early in the process as possible if you can retain your own attorney and have that person act as settlement agent. If your state does not require attorney settlement agents, retaining an attorney to review both the circumstances of your purchase and your paperwork can be a worthwhile investment. Most real estate attorneys have seen dozens of examples of what can go wrong during real estate transactions. Everything from the house burning down just before the closing to finding out that there's no legal access to the property. And they've created documents and writers to address the unexpected. For every five transactions that go go so smoothly that you don't really need an attorney, there will be one where an attorney saves you her weight in gold. Finding the right attorney. As with any professional, be sure to research your chosen attorney with the state licensing board, attorney general, and any agency like the Better Business Bureau that could have received a complaint against the person. Ask the following questions Communication What can you expect for response times? How will you and your attorney communicate? Billing Is there a flat fee or will you be billed hourly? What is considered a billable event? For example, can you call and ask a question without being billed for the time? Meet the team. Is their team or is your attorney a one-person show? Understand who is responsible for each aspect of the transaction. As a real estate agent, I once had a buyer whose attorney didn't use a computer. His secretary printed out his emails. He would read them and handwrite the response on the paper. She would then respond to us via email. The process was slow and cumbersome and there was plenty of room for error. Several times the transaction almost fell apart because the seller felt the slow responses meant that the attorney was not trustworthy. If you're someone who likes to communicate by text or email, make sure your attorney is also comfortable communicating that way. Try to be reasonably certain that the attorney, the team, and the process are a match before adding the the firm to your pro list. Contractor. If you've decided to add value to your property by renovating, you have three options on how to proceed. Do all the work yourself. This is an excellent choice if you have some prior experience and or the time and energy to devote to learning how to do the projects you've not yet attempted. It also usually takes more time to do the work yourself, so factor that into your holding costs. Do some work yourself and hire subcontractors, subs, to do the rest, supervising them yourself. If you have some experience in and around construction, Maybe someone in your family is a carpenter, a contractor, or an architect. You can choose to take on certain tasks yourself and hire others, like a plumber and an electrician, to do the rest. This approach has the potential to save you money and to teach you a lot about the process. It also has the potential for cost overruns and headaches if you fail to manage your subcontractors correctly. Hire a general contractor, GC, to supervise the entire project. Could cost a bit more, as the GC has to be paid for her time, but it can save a lot of money in the long run. Normally, a GC will draw from the same pool of subs for each job. The GC and subs will have a history of working together and will have developed mutual respect and an understanding of each other's work styles. Because the subs rely on the GC for a good amount of their work, they will normally prioritize the GC's to-do list above yours. This means that your renovation has a better chance of coming in on time and on budget than if you work directly with subs as an inexperienced developer. If you choose this route, you, can still, you still have to manage the GC. The more hands-on you are, the better the outcome. No one choice is better than another. In all cases, your success depends on you. If you're doing the work yourself, you'll need to know when you're in over your head and when your desire to finish exceeds your capacity to do the work. In my projects, I tend to do as much as possible myself. I've realized that with the exception of demolition work, there comes a point of diminishing return. Whenever I've decided that I'll just push myself to do one more thing, I'm so tired that I mess it up and it all has to be taken down and redone the next day. Whether you're hiring a GC or subs, you'll need to choose wisely and manage them well. Even a great GC will let your project fall to the bottom of the priority list if you're not the squeakiest wheel. I asked Anne McNeil, president of South Florida's first African-American female-owned construction company and a licensed general contractor, for her suggestions on finding and working with good contractors. She says, ask for referrals from trusted friends and contacts. Always get at least three references, contact them, and ask these questions. How many projects have you done with this person? Was the project completed on time, on budget? How many times did the scope of work change? Would you hire this person again? Trust your instincts. Sign a labor-only contract and you buy the materials. Know your rights. The contract must have deadlines and penalties for missing them. It must spell out exactly the work that has to be done, who will do it, and when. If you're working with a GC and a subcontractor doesn't perform or makes a mistake, the GC must be the one held liable. Address issues at the first inkling of trouble. Don't ignore minor problems, hoping things will get better. This seems like a lot of work, doesn't it? It is a drop in the ocean compared to the hassle of trying to complete a project when your GC or subs won't return your phone calls, the finance person is on your back to get the house sold, and you're watching the busy autumn market disappear into the abyss of winter. Remember, hire in haste and repent at leisure. Detour working with contractors. When creating budgets, you could just take the quote that your contractor gives you as gospel. If you do, you must understand exactly what that number includes and does not include. If their contractor expects you to pay for permits, materials, equipment, rentals, etc., or if there are parts of the project that are not being managed by the contractor, be sure you understand this going in and include those items in the budget. Also, your contractor's budget is only informational unless it's in writing and signed by both of you. Jane, who we mentioned earlier, has had success with her contractor by offering a bonus for work done on time and at or under budget. Others use the stick approach, assessing fines if the terms of the contract are not met. Think about the impact to you if the work is done earlier or later than you planned. If having the work done early will allow you to rent the space a month earlier and get more rent, offer to pass some of that good fortune along to your contractor. Not meeting the contract dates will increase your holding costs and could cost you rental income, so pass that along as well. All of this must be negotiated up front. If there's no consequence one way or the other for your contractor to finish the job, you may find her giving priority to another job and letting your dates slip. Getting this worked out up front will save you from hassles later on when you have less bargaining power. Real estate agent. When starting out, your real estate agent should be your lifeline. She will be able to educate you about the market, how to negotiate, and what's important, as well as give you access to a group of trusted advisors who have worked together before and can ensure your transaction goes as smoothly as possible. She will also help you stay calm and focused throughout the process. The real estate agent's job is 50% transaction and 50% psychological, helping both you and your purchase over the bumps. Elias Papadopoulos of REMAX Unlimited Brookline, Mass., says that to be sure you're working with the right agent, ask yourself these questions. Do I like her? No matter the answers to the other questions, you'll be spending a lot of time with your agent, and if you think she's a jerk, you'll be miserable. Do I trust her? You are hiring an agent to take advantage of her experience. If you don't trust her, you're not going to listen to her advice. We've talked before about trusting your gut. If your gut says you can't trust her, look for someone else. Does she know what she's doing? Your agent must have the knowledge or access to the knowledge to help you find, evaluate, and purchase properties that meet your need. If she only knows as much about real estate investing as you do, keep looking. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Does she understand your criteria and respect your boundaries of risk tolerance, area, et cetera? What's under the hood? Your home inspector. Unless you have some type of construction experience, it's a good idea to have a home inspector. Normally, the home inspection is part of a purchase contingency, meaning that if the home inspector finds a problem that will cost more than an identified amount to fix, you can cancel the sale and have your deposit refunded. Not all states have licensing requirements for home inspectors, meaning that any Joe or Jane can call themselves a home inspector. Even in areas where they are licensed, not all home inspectors are created equal. Todd Whiting of Metro Boston Property Inspectors suggests that you start interviewing home inspectors as soon as you start looking at properties. You'll often have a week or less to perform the home inspection based on the contingency dates, and that may not allow enough time to both vet an inspector and schedule an appointment with your chosen professional. To find a good inspector, start by asking your friends and real estate agents for referrals. Contact the various firms and ask, are their employees licensed? What type of insurance do they carry? Errors and emissions, workers' comp, and liability at a minimum. What types of certifications do they have? What else are they trained to do? For example, radon detection or pest inspections. How long have they been doing inspections? Will I be able to ask questions and accompany the inspector during the inspection? How much will the inspection cost and what is covered? The average home inspection should last between one and three hours. It's best if you can accompany the inspector, as she will usually share maintenance advice and information. Chapter 8, Action Items interview at least two referred people in each field and assemble your protein.